second time in a row. Red light is on. And we're back. And we're back. No. No. Fuck all that shit. I'm pretty enough sitting here by myself. That's all right. Folks probably get sick of seeing our ugly mugs anyways. What is the static image? Is it our campfire or is it our avatars? Oh, okay. Okay. Our campfire logo. Well, I guess we can jump into some of our topics here. Joe, you were kind of just touching on one a little bit and talking about how you're an old dumb son of a bitch and everything pisses you off because you're a crotchety old bastard and a boomer. Well, you know what? You a 38-year-old boomer. I'm a fucking 38-year-old boomer. I am already years beyond my time because just everything pisses me off. Every little thing that I see in in the news or pop culture, I see the subject, and then I see the two sides of fucking morons yelling, yelling at each other and not not contributing anything to the discourse it's so, it's just monkeys flinging shit at each other it really fucking is and i just started looking into this because you guys wanted to talk about it and this this chad sexton thing for our listeners who don't know who chad sexton is he is the drummer for our favorite favorite band 311 fucked up the dance hall since 1988 but chad sexton had made some comments on um the social media outlet truth social uh and for just to give a little pretext for everyone 311 is um a band all about unity and progress and 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 harmony and tolerance not necessarily tolerance, I wouldn't say. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna negate that. Maybe a little bit about tolerance, but positivity, unity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love 311, and I'm a conservative guy, and I listen to their shit and the stuff they say, and I'm like, that's that's not too far off base. But of the group of guys in that band, Chad Sexton is the conservative. He's he's the the black sheep, so there's the pretext for all this. It's he's also a farmer. Yes, he he's is a, a farmer. farmer. He's a farmer. Avocado, avocado farmer, right? And he is the odd duck because I'm pretty sure anybody can correct me if I'm wrong here, but he voted for Trump. Well, yeah, he did, and he gives to Republican. Uh, uh, causes but yes the rest of the band they lean left they're they vote democrat as far as i know so if can can i still have not been able to find i mean i I looked on reddit because that that's where this discourse has taken place but i i don't know what chad even said for sure Keith, could you go over uh, his original tweet about there were two that I saw that caused some controversy and um, one 
was uh, about the conflict in Ukraine, the war in Ukraine right now. And he was making comments uh, that he had heard firsthand from his best friend's wife, who was Ukrainian born, raised in Kiev, or, and moved to the United States and married this guy. Uh, her father was a three-star general in the Ukrainian army. And she has been telling Chad an awful lot about Ukraine, how things really are over there. And um, pretty much uh, Chad questioned um, if Russia is so evil, if we should be supporting Ukraine in the way we are, he basically challenged the common narrative in America about Ukraine right now. Based From what on, I can gather, there's a little more to it than that. It's a little more nuanced because it had something to do with Hitler, Hitler, <laughs> not Hitler, Putin, Putin's goal of the denazification of Ukraine, talking about the Asimov regiment. Well, and we know that those elements do exist there. And I'm sure that uh, this guy's wife was telling Chad about these very people that we already know exist in Ukraine. So uh, Chad's comments weren't really out of line. Um, Keith, what say, say words, Keith. I was trying to. Uh, with <laughs> I know. Canadia. Well, can I, can I guess, can I guess what, what, what the shit storm was? They're now calling him a Nazi and racist and. Well, that's the really stupid part of it. Cause I, I do see that they're calling him a Nazi, but the first thing in, in the line of, I, I don't know why I'm trying to use logic to describe the fucking idiocy I see here, but. The next thing in the line of this bit of discourse is, oh, Chad supports Russia invading Ukraine. He's a Russian That's not what he said. No, it isn't. Yes, yes, please. Read it. If you got it, read it verbatim. Topic and goes back, goes back to Hitler. 
it is a wrong Charlie Chaplin. The way that has been so skewed for the last seven years or so. Nobody said shit. This is what they value. I understand the news going something different. I'll be able to research Okay, so he's basically saying that Western Ukrainians have been killing Eastern Ukrainians. That would be Eastern Ukraine is up against Russia. That's where this war is being fought right now. Where the fuck did you get that? Isn't that what he just said? No. West, Western, the no, West has been killing the East? Yeah, the West doesn't mean Western Ukraine. It means Western society. Talking about Europe. Eastern society. Europe, Canada, United States. That's Western. That's the West. Eastern is the Middle East, the Eastern Bloc, Russia, Asia. That's that's you're making the wrong distinction. The West means how do you know what I there's no context there. He doesn't give context. Bullshit. The West. He just says the West. Is it Western Ukraine versus Eastern Ukraine? Well, if he would have meant that, I think he would have said that. Yeah, that that's called a civil war. That's not what we've been looking at for one. But this but is when- essentially a civil war. There are two provinces of Ukraine that declared independence and is now receiving aid from Russia to maintain their independence. That's how Russia is inside of Ukraine. Okay, but I don't. I still don't see where you get Western Ukraine has been killing Eastern Ukraine because they haven't. Number one and number well, two. All, all say the West said the West is killing the East. Yeah, it could mean a lot. There's not a lot of context to that. <laughs> You're doing bad at devil's advocate right now. We everyone knows what the West means. The West means us. Okay, sure. Moving on. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. That's that's the way I take it. Exactly. But let's be clear. Hungary, Ukraine, Russia, Belarus, that's the east. They're not the west. However, well, the the I mean, who 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 the fuck likes Nazis? Yeah, okay. Let let's think about this. In the course of this Russian incursion, this war, if Russia kills some kills off the Asimov Brigade, okay. Well, that's cool. Still sucks. You fucking invaded Ukraine, you cunts, but. Uh, at least there's less Nazis. We're still gonna, we still should punish Russia and and 
sanction them and a whole host of other things. But one good one good silver lining of this is, well, maybe they killed a bunch of the Asimov Brigade because they're fucking Nazis. What, why is that so. so wrong? Why is that so wrong to say? It's this bullshit dichotomy that our our culture imposes on any discussion you have. Yeah. You're it, either with us or you're against us. Yeah, there well, can it, be no in between. Exactly. And, I, and it's dumb. Joe, you know, as we've gone through this, I've really been hesitant to take a side in this whole thing. And I know everybody wants to jump on the Ukraine ban- bandwagon, but I don't think we got all the facts. We don't have all the facts and there's no way the media is giving it to us well let's be clear let's let me reread this i've got the 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 post from uh chad sexton that keith just read i will read this section again he's saying that his friend's wife who came from, from the ukraine said this is what he he said this is what that person tells me i understand the news says something different so the news says one thing, but you get an on-the-ground report from another source, and they contradict. So what are you to do? What are you to think, and how are you to to balance that out and make, and I don't know what you want to call it, take sides? I think you got to listen to the first-hand account. Right. Uh, I would say in many it's- cases, yeah. When, when it comes against, like, when it comes to putting that firsthand account against the media, yeah, you're right. But not always. And again, I want to be, I want to be clear here that, um, what do you want to call it? Anecdotal evidence isn't always the way to go. But in, and and a lot of times, when it comes to understanding what the media is saying. Yeah, you might want to go with some of that anecdotal evidence because if you get enough of that, it's not anecdotal anymore. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at here on this Ukraine conflict. What What is real? What isn't? There's been a hell of a lot going on in Ukraine for the last seven years. Just like Chad's friend says has been happening. Um it's not evidence of anything, but it does make you want to look deeper into the root issue here, the root causes of this. What, what What's really going on over there? Right. Maybe Putin has a leg to stand on. And by the way, it is a given that there are going to be civilian casualties that has happened in every single war that has ever happened in the history of man. Yeah. Um, and if you think that a foreign country isn't going to target civilian areas, you're fucking wrong. There's only one nation in the entire world that does not intentionally target civilian areas. And that's the United States of America. I'm not going to say it hasn't happened, I'm not going to say it hasn't happened recently. Uh, Even in 2014, 2012, 
when they shoved drones up our asses and said we had to use drones more than troops and they were wildly inaccurate. They dropped bombs all over hell. They caused all kinds of atrocities. It was a horrible about thing. Obama bombing Syria. Anywhere. Anywhere during the Obama administration, he tried to pull a lot of troops home. He tried to keep troops out of harm's way by using drones more, and the results were catastrophic. The reason that we needed our troops there, where they were, was for our precision bombing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I digress. Civilian casualties are going to happen. Now, there are certain things that I've seen online. I don't know the truth of them. I've read reports of mass graves. I've read possibly 30,000 civilian casualties. And we're just, I mean, how long has this gone on? Four months? Not even that. I think two months. Mm-hmm. Two, two months, months and, and 30,000 civilian casualties. That's shocking. Yeah, I don't. I have if there are mass that. graves, if there are mass graves, then that's something that needs to be investigated, and we need to find out who is truly responsible for that because that needs brought to justice. Well, absolutely. Moreover, if there are mass graves and thirty thousand civilian casualties, then our media needs to be held to account because I'm not seeing that in the media. And if that's true, why the fuck aren't they reporting it? Well, I was also hearing that Russia's lost 40,000 troops, okay? Boys, we lost 40,000 troops in eight years in Vietnam. Let's put shit into fucking perspective. Right. That's that's why I'm with you, dude. I don't necessarily believe what I'm seeing here because it just doesn't add up. It doesn't sound right. And if it is right, then why isn't it all over the place so everyone can see? Have have we forgotten what journalists' jobs are? Yeah, pretty much our society has. They've I watched been a clip it to go higher and trying to be more actresses and actors instead. They're activists. This is yeah. journ activism, and it's bullshit. The job of a journalist is to shed light on things that the normal Every average everyday person would not be able to to find out to hold I'll tell you one to to put truth to power and and hold those in power to account and they don't they fucking don't and I, I I don't know what the solution to this is because I don't want the government doing this shit because they fuck everything up as I've said in every oh. single episode of our podcast so far. Fuck me. I got it. I got how it. Are, I got the solution. Hold them, hold them accountable. We, we need, we need, we need a government agency, which would um, <laughs> um, hold people accountable to the truth. You mean that, that we, we need a ministry of truth that would solve it, Joe. That solves all the problems. A government-run organization to decide what the truth is for everybody. You know, Homeland Department should have that. Homeland Security. Yep. It's all about Homeland Security. You know, just give them all the power and let them figure out what you can say, what you can't say, what's true and what's not true. And, you know, furthermore, I don't think we should elect the people in this 
organization. Definitely not. No, they should, should be appointed. It we should be an appointed bureaucracy. Trust our leaders to appoint the proper people for these jobs. They are, they are smarter than us. They know more people than us. They know exactly who to put in these positions. They know the best people. You know what I heard? They also said that uh, we need to throw away our right Twix. Just throw the, the right Twix in the trash. <laughs> only eat left only, Twix? Only left Twix. That's all we're allowed to have. Maybe I should start driving on the left side of the road then. Are they going to even ration the right Twix? I mean, because oh, man, the right Twix is a little bit sweeter than the left Twix. I mean, they can't ration that shit out or like make a a soylent version of the right Twix that I can, can tell you this. They can give they're, me like a coupon for, and I can get one once a month. Right. They're 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 just pissed because the market is flooded right now with right Twix. It's actually rare to find a left <laughs> Twix because the factory that makes the right Twix is so far ahead on production. It's crazy. Yeah. They were too efficient. The, man. The the left Twix factory has had uh, you know human resources training all week about proper usage of pronouns in the workplace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the left Twix. Yeah, they they fell behind because of that inclusion and diversity training. But you know what? you got to eat the left Twix <laughs> because it, I, I know it, it tastes like a fucking dried dog turd. But you know. Some really, a really diverse team of people made that dry dog turd, and mm. you should support such a thing. You got to know, Even too. It's soy-based. It's, it's horrible. There's no palm oil. There's no high fructose corn You know syrup. who runs the Left Twix operation, right? They have the, the master of logistics, freaking Pete Buttigieg. Oh, yeah. Oh. That dude. Well, he's got everything running. These by fucking racist overpasses can be solved yep. with a few more left twigs. Yep, those racist overpasses. And but that's the good thing about these choo-choo trains, though, guys. Choo-choo trains are the way to go. They they bring all the chocolate or dog turds or whatever it is from rural Sorry. America. Rural American soylent, dog turds. These are green. rural American dog turds. Made from Soylent Green. And Soylent Green is made of people. <laughs> and rural American dog turds. This has been a great rally. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, this is... This is uh, what were we talking about? Okay, so... By the way, Ministry Nick, of was, Truth, Ukraine. That was, a, that was a great segue, and then we blew it. <laughs> with our bullshit good. but no, yeah so so the hilarious. the department of homeland security has been instructed i think by our current white house administration to um institute a what they're calling the dgb it's it's reminiscent of something that acronym i can't really put my finger on it but it's called the dgb it stands for the Disinformation Governance Board. So, so this is a agency that is going to look at um, the influence of foreign actors and domestic actors in our media and and social media and the internet at large 
to determine if these actors are are peddling disinformation. And you know, I'm I'm struggling to think of something that was then I'm okay, so um the the 2020 election, there was a bit of disinformation out there about how corrupt the election was. I mean, our our former president did kind of push some things that weren't necessarily true. Yeah, there was some there was some election malfeasance there, but it wasn't to the extent that he and his cohorts espoused on on their social media accounts. But um, there's got to be another example of when when this if this organization wasn't at play then, but it was before the election. I think it was something to do with a laptop that had some information on it. That was abandoned. Up, up, it, it was abandoned, abandoned laptop at at this at this Hunter. repair shop, and mm-hmm. it had yeah it had something to do with hunting, Hunter. hunting, hunting for like um, hunting. Parmesan Crackhead. cheese in the carpet or something. Crackhead, Crackhead. yeah. So these these fucking cocksuckers think that we're gonna trust them Hunter. to tell us that the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't real. Not real, Hunter. The, this is the Ministry of Truth. Yeah. Audience, if you've not read 1984, go fucking read it. I, I hey, will excuse you from this even. podcast. No. Go read it now. Hey, I'm going to tell you how this one ends. Dumbledore dies, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and Alan Rickman is the murderer. It's delicious. If you can't enjoy that, uh, well... I don't think I trust you. Hey, didn't Alan Rickman pass away? Yeah, he did. We miss him. He killed Dumbledore. I mean, I I can't help but I just loved his voice. Hello. I love watch, watching him fall off of uh, Nakatomi Tower every Christmas. That's I yeah. love that. Yes. Yes. Ba-dum, ba-dum, bum, 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 ba-dum. But yeah, this this. KGB a DGB thing. This is dangerous, guys. This is uh, how more Orwellian can this administration get? I, I and people are going for this. Oh yeah, they're all people, about it. People we are loving this. this. Yeah, and I'm talking this. about people, Keith, Nick, that you and I know. We went to college with. These are educated people that are arguing in favor of such an infraction of our first amendment right it's because there's so much disinformation out there they see it all over social media everywhere there's all kinds of people in this country that do not agree with the issued narrative from the mainstream media and they just cannot possibly understand how anybody could think otherwise but why Any other why can't perspective they understand? is absolutely ridiculous and it's ignorant why it's can't they understand fucking though? ignorant it's their mindset their uh, mindset has and been they have the gall they have the gall to call us narrow-minded ignorant 
when all I have done is I've tried to look at the issue from a different perspective, the way I the way an open-minded person educated and taught. I try to look at the issue from multiple perspectives. I mean, aren't these folks all about critical thinking? When I hear their perspective, I question it, and then I get called ignorant and a Nazi because I questioned it. So, like, I try to come across a lot of times with the idea of, do you like Sherlock Holmes? Do you like deduction? What is the scientific method? You have a hypothesis and you go through and you test it and you try to figure out if it's panning out or not. And I mean, right. That's the thing. And then you get a bunch of data at the end of it. No matter the outcome, if your hypothesis was wrong, at least you still have all that data. Thank you, Noonien Sung. And then you have others test it and do the same thing to verify that your findings are the findings. Right. So so at the end, you get that data and you realize, oh, shit, my hypothesis is wrong. But now I got all this data to look at. And this data points me to a new hypothesis that I'm going to test. And... And then just so on and so forth after that. And it and it's not just about fucking mixing chemicals in a lab or or shooting a ray at a fucking uh uh a bunch of cultured bacteria or it, it this is where social any... science has gone wrong. This is where hey. social science has gone wrong. Social this... science has been all about anecdotal anecdotal evidence and ignoring the bell curve of the the groups of data that come out of these tests and it it, it it's been designed to try to favor those outliers because you know if if there are a couple outliers there all of society should should bend to those people no fuck that isn't the whole premise of humanity and even what 311 and, and Chad Sexton and Nick Hexum talk about is do the greatest good for the m- most amount of people we can. Right. And he spoke to that. Do you want me to read those two? Yes, please, because I saw that and it was beautiful. He put, our band has always had differences in opinion on worldview politics, and even music styles. We are a shining example still in existence of people who have opposing views that can count, that can come together, make something truly unique and beautiful, and change people's lives in the positive ways. Our hearts are in the same place, and ultimately we want peace, love, and unity for the human race. We have dedicated our lives to express this in art. If 311 yep. can do this, we can all can. Let's come together with love and understanding and stomp out the hate together. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a true message of, of love and unity right there. Because um, exactly. every other message of unity, quote unquote, unity and love that I've heard out of our leaders and our um uh, Hollywood betters 
is, mm. is hey, let's stamp out the hate. Unless you disagree with us, then you we fucking hate you. That it that's not that's not stamping out hate. That's exactly fighting hate with problem. hate. Yeah, fighting you, fire with fire. Good job. Yeah, and and it never fucking works. I mean, it, it's aggravating. I get it. I get aggravated with the other side. Uh, and and back to back to the beginning when I said everything pisses me off. This is what I'm fucking talking about. Everything pisses me off anymore. It's all fucking dumb and nonsensical. And again, you're an old son of a bitch and a boomer. But that's okay. You know, what is killing me about this Chad Sexton thing is the band's response to him and the fact that Essay released a poem and it was obviously about chad it was directed at chad yeah it even talked about a drummer yeah in the end what happened to the drummer you know it it was like an attack on chad and that really wasn't cool because that right there goes against everything 311 has preached to us for the last 30 years about unity. Hey guys, you right back. Talk about that was right on. Yeah, You're I think cool. I know. Which, I just you went know, and grabbed a beer, but I come back and heard you guys. Did you hear? About did the you drummer. hear Essay's poem? No, I didn't. But okay. I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with what you're saying because I saw some fucking twat waffle on Reddit here as I'm trying to research this shit. Say something about we need to bring back chad freeze or uh josh freeze just a little bit of history here uh during the van's warp tour in like 1999 chad sexton injured or broke his wrist playing basketball or football or rugby or something so for several shows during that tour 311 participated in uh josh freeze who was fucking great drummer love him he drummed my my favorite project he did was a perfect circle, but for 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 these pieces of shit to say we need to bring back Josh Freeze because Chad Sexton has a prefrontal cortex and questions it I, I, they exacerbate yeah. hate because it just brings up so much hate in me. I hate they, these fucking people. This is they, stupid. Those people aren't real three eleven fans to begin with because they would. They care more about politics than they do about their band. And they would let some stupid shit like that come between them and music. I've heard people say that they want to boycott 311. They never want to listen to them again because of one comment by Chad. Now, you can't replace Chad in 311. It can't be done. Chad is an integral part of the band on all the back stage stuff on the production side of it he is the 311 brand yeah. okay now the other guys they're the art side they're the artists i can see why they would lean towards the left with that artistic mind but chad really truly does have a business mind and he runs 311 as a business he does. And 
You know, um, this is a really good point you're making. I like this. I never thought of it this way. To to remove Chad from the band removes an entire huge portion that nobody sees. Yep. That ties it all together and is able to deliver this music to us, the fans. Yep. You're exactly right. And, and, he it, has, and it makes me he think has created of- this machine. He's the one who went out and got Scott Ralston back. Yep. But the the, the idea you're you're pushing here is kind of parallel to something that I've come to learn and believe in in the past couple of years that I became more politically aware and uh, culturally aware. Conservatism enables liberalism. Without conservatism, there would be no liberalism. Well, conservatism that goes back to that makes the thing. liberalism possible. Hard Somebody's got to make it happen and somebody's got to pay for it. That's a, just like the old saying, hard times create hard men. Mm-hmm. Hard men create easy times. Easy times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. Yeah. It's that that For sure. cycle there. Yep. And our generational gaps are, you know, overlapping here. But, uh, you know, well, as for somebody will, like but- you or me, we have older parents um older boomer parents you know we were our grandparents were a huge part of our lives they lived through the great depression they taught us about these things we know about these things because we were taught by the people who lived them firsthand and we still remember them but there are people who don't have those influences in their lives that don't remember that and they are more on to the easy times now i'm sorry to say it but the way we're raising our kids, we're raising them too soft. And well, why do you think we're having such fucking hard times, dude? Exactly. Exactly. Cause because you know, our our parents and grandparents were hard people and they created easy times. Yes. And then our generation had easy times and we created Soft men. Yes. And soft people. History and is going to show that the 90s were probably the greatest generation, the greatest decade in American history. Prosperity, uh, culturally, everything. I think that we, we hit that peak in the 90s, and it's been falling ever since. I don't, I don't know necessarily about the 90s, but I will agree that by the end of the 80s and into the mid 2000s not 2000s September 11th ended it all September 11th ended it I don't know uh maybe <coughs> but but it, it's back right. to the thing that was that was one of the peaks of the ebb and flow that is western culture now if you really look back at history and you think about how our grandparents who lived through the great depression and world war two, <clears throat> their parents lived through world war one turn of the century and their grandparents were at the, uh, 
lived through the end of the American West. They still had uh, parents who fought in the Civil War. Talk about some hard son of a bitches. Right. They were raised by very hard people. So it made them, I guess, a little more prepared to weather the storm of the Great Depression. Um, Well, let's, I, I think there's a little more in there. I mean, those hard people raised some hard people and they all created this soft, easy time now, of the roaring 20s of decadence. Yes. And yes. then boom, crash, a bunch of weak motherfuckers created bad times. And well, now we have the depression. Post-war boom. Yeah, that did have something to do with it, I think. But but uh, more so, I think it was that that hard generation of civil war veterans that you're talking about that created these easy times because they fought hard and worked hard and and made a good easy to live in society it made people in 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 the in the industrial boom yeah Mm -hmm. it it made people soft in in the time of um world war one which i'm not saying was a soft time at all but in terms of no, culture and society no. and in the west it was and it led to the decadence of the the roaring 20s and then bam Dude, hard times put, again to put that in about bam perspective you had like people like tesla and john or not john, freaking mark twain you know clements and stuff that were living at that time and raising creating that up you still had Thomas well, Edison and shit and that. Yeah. Henry we also Ford. had the we also had the Carnegies, the Rockefellers, the <coughs> the big financial tycoons of the time. And yep. then along came Teddy Roosevelt, God rest his soul. Can we elect him again, please? <laughs> I don't even care. Dig him up, turn him into a zombie, elect him. He will fix this country right now. But he came along with a big fucking axe and he chopped all their heads off. You know, when corruption really got bad, um, after Lincoln died, um, things in Washington went a little nuts. Uh, The war ended. Ulysses S. Grant got elected and he had probably the most corrupt administration ever. Oh, I don't know about Ever. that. I think we had a <laughs> It was corrupt for sure, but <laughs> I think our modern administrations are in well, competition. But I mean, his that's kind of what the Grant administration was known for was being wildly corrupt. Um and it's not something that you could necessarily blame on Grant. He was kind of clueless to it actually. Well, yeah, he was um, damn Cincinnatian. Yeah, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, we get Jerry. You know Springer. What? I don't. <laughs> I, know, right? I don't. I don't mind Grant. I don't. Uh, he did. He did get one up on Lee. Um, but Lee messed up. I don't think it was a fair fight. Whatever. 
Sherman is a bitch. Sherman is a war criminal. Fuck Sherman. By the way, Grant's nickname was The Butcher because he never gave a fuck about his soldiers. He just pushed them headlong into the fire and didn't give a shit who died. Meat grinder. Grant was a butcher and Sherman was a war criminal. So there's your Civil War heroes, guys. Yeah, well, the people that actually fought that <sighs> war, they're the real fucking heroes. You're damn right. And uh, short of those racist pieces of shit that really wanted to keep their slaves, even even the Confederate, they were fighting for states' rights. And nowadays, on that I can kind of well, I can kind of sympathize with now, that because the the government, the federal government, right. has has usurped way too much power. States' rights, goddammit. it! So hey. fucking federalism please no, listen, that leads us listen. into a great segment that you guys put on here about row yep that's, and that's the term, what i'm getting at okay trying to push it so then it would be a state issue and not a federal issue listen, as it should be right first of all i just want to clarify something real quick because everybody says that the south was fighting for their state's rights and their heritage and what you don't really hear a lot about is that they were fighting to protect the aristocracy that existed in the South with these big, rich families who basically controlled entire communities. Okay. Uh, I'm going to preach it here for a second again. It was generational wealth. Um, and it was everywhere across the South. And as long as you had the proper last name, you were somebody. And if you didn't, buddy, you had to work extra hard to make your way to the top. As long as you were white, you'd make it. If you were black, you were fucked. You were a slave. But even that sentiment was changing in the South. But you start talking about states' rights. And back then, that meant something different than it does today. It did. You're right. Today, we're talking about states maintaining their sovereignties, and um, it's it's smaller government. It removes that govern that those powers from the federal government and keeps them at the state level, as it should be. But back in 1886, that's not what state rights states rights meant. It meant that those rich families wanted to stay in control of their states Mm -hmm. and not have, I mean, hardly any federal government whatsoever. I think they just wanted the federal government to print money and shut the fuck up, handle international trade. And if we need a military, come up with it. Well, what's the alternative? What if we hadn't fought the civil war and the South has seceded and had their states rights? Let's let's think about what would have happened, because even back then there were markets, there was culture, there was media, 
Well, I can tell you this, with the industrial evolution would have came the end of slavery in America, regardless of the Civil War. Slavery was going to end in America. And if you want proof of that, you have to look at um, the industrial industrialization of farming in America. Well, that was another reason with the cotton gin and proceeding all the way up to John Deere putting, you know, a solid steel moldboard on a plow to the Waterloo boy steam fired tractor. uh, And wasn't, wasn't all, weren't all of those things part of the reason for the civil war? It was the industrialization of the North that they were competing with. It was. Uh, all of the industry was up north. All of the textile mills were up north. Yep. And all of the raw material production was in the south. And the demand from Europe, mainly London, was through the roof. They wanted more cotton. They were paying a shit ton for it. And the textile mills in the north were getting top dollar for everything that they stand over there. But for their raw product that they were buying from the South, they were paying bullshit. They were artificially suppressing the cotton market to force uh, the Southern plantation owners broke. They were keeping all of the profits for themselves while at the same time increasing demand to the point where the southern plantation owner had to increase his land just to make enough money to keep operating, mm-hmm. which meant he needed more slaves. And if you look, I believe it, I think it's from like um, 1830 to 1860, the slave population in the southern states tripled. Tripled. So where it does was, the evil really lie, though, then? The evil lies in everybody. The greedy northerners driving the demand and suppressing the price. There were evil, straight-up evil slave owners in the South. And I mean people who were breeding black people like livestock. I don't know if y'all watched Django and caught the, caught the gist of what uh, Leo DiCaprio's character was really doing there, but he was basically breeding black people like horses. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. It was disturbing. It really was. Um, all if of any, slavery If anybody is can watch that movie and, and not just feel such vindication and and joy when Monsieur Candy was killed by Django. You have no soul. I agree with you, but it also needs to be stated that that was still a small percentage of the plantation owners in the South that were evil, straight up evil like that. And there were many plantation owners who cared for their slaves greatly. They gave them quite a bit. It was 
often uh, that a Jesus slave Christ, owner would Nick, grant. You're going to get us fucking canceled with your next words. <laughs> they would we, grant emancipation. Never mind. Go no, on. They would emancipate their slaves and make them freedmen and free women. And often these free men would decide to stay on and work for a wage. Yeah, because they had a family there. They were um, married. They had children. They were making a life for themselves and their family. Yes. And kind of side note, not really related to what we're talking about, but <clears throat> the marriage rate no. was greater back then. The, the African-American marriage rate was better back then than it is now. Yes. The, fam- the African-American family was much stronger back then. And all the way through 1969. I don't don't want anybody to think that I am um, defending the South in any way. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm not trying to defend slavery at all. Slavery was a horrible thing. And when I think about the Civil War... Honestly, the thing that really chokes me up the most is thinking about these Union soldiers, the common privates and the sergeants right down there on the front lines who battle after battle charged headlong into Confederate sharpshooters and Confederate sharpshooters were good. They were good. And Union soldiers were getting chewed up by the hundreds at every single battle at Antietam. Um, I mean, you name the battles and those American Fredericksburg, those American soldiers kept going. And why did they keep going? Because they were Americans because they volunteered to serve the United States of America. It wasn't that they volunteered to serve Ohio. Yes, they were in an Ohio regiment or a Pennsylvania regiment or a New York battery, whatever it was. They were there to serve the United States of America. And they followed the stars and stripes into battle and they died for it. They died by the hundreds for it. And I can't think of anything so honorable. Just. And. When it all comes to a head at the Battle of Gettysburg and the Union walks away from that on top, the war was over right there. The South was defeated. Lee was on the run. That truly was the turning point in the war. And to be one of those soldiers to have you know, survived a battle like Fredericksburg and then to go on and come out with a victory in Gettysburg. You had to be on top of the world. They knew they had it won after that. It's just a shame that the politicians have really distorted what it's all about. It's you really You're need right. to look at it from the common private perspective. The and guy who's on the line knowing he's going to die in his next step, but he's going to make that step. At. And that's why does he make at. that step? 
when I when I mentioned all this, that's what I was trying to to drive at. It's think about this from the conservative or conservative, the the northern or southern soldiers' perspective. What were they fighting for? And well, the- in in the in the movie The Patriot, Colonel Tavington. You guys know who I'm talking about. The uh, commander of yes, the uh, yes. dragoons, yeah, the dragoons, and he he met one of the loyalist uh, lieutenants or whatever, and in, in a tent, and Colonel Tavington kind of questioned the loyalists' uh, m- motives and where do his loyalties really lie, and and the loyalist said why with with king and country, sir. And he said something to the effect of uh, what uh, what kind of man uh, betrays his neighbors. That's right. And he replies with those neighbors who defy the king deserve to die a traitor's death. Yeah, exactly. And Tavington says, we'll see. And then a little while later, one of the points of the movie that never happened, Tavington piles an entire village of men, women, and children into the church and makes that guy burn it to the ground. And he does it. But he's got to live with that the rest of his life. Yep, he betrayed his his neighbors. But anyways, that was an interesting uh, discussion on um, you know, Roe versus Wade there. Because <laughs> I think that's how we started all this. Yeah, I think so. Because it, it went, went straight to, to uh, states' rights, but I, I do want to touch on it some more and explain that Roe v. Wade has not been fucking overturned. Has not. Uh, I think it's Justice Alito who wrote a draft of his opinion on the constitutionality of Roe v. Wade. And let's be clear, it is not constitutional, period. Never has been. Roe v. Wade is is bogus. It's not based on any sort of law. And uh, again, let's be clear about another thing. The Supreme Court does not weigh in on whether a law is good or bad or moral or anything like that. Is it in line with the Constitution of the United States of America? Does it fit within those parameters? Does it in any way violate any existing amendment to the United States Constitution? That's it. Okay, so those are the questions that these justices need to ask and answer. And in doing their job, if they come up with the conclusion of, no, it is not in violation of the Constitution, and there is no amendment addressing this, then it gets kicked back to the states. However, That's how it works, folks. That's however, that being said, it does give the United States Supreme Court, the unique power of interpreting the words 
of the United States Constitution, which can be viewed in a few ways, as we've come to learn, especially when it comes to the Second Amendment, which has been argued many times. Um, So each individual Supreme Court justice, and there are nine of them for now. Oh, God. Oh, God. Each one of them. We still have two and a half years left. Gets to cast a vote of whether this particular law is constitutional or unconstitutional. There's no trial. There's no lawyer standing in there debating with the judge. I mean, that's kind of not entirely true. I mean, there are lawyers that go in and make their cases. Sure, they make their case. But more often than not, it's a lot of researching case law. Precedents. Precedence is everything when it comes to this. These aren't arbitrary, um, you know, things that these judges are coming up with. It, it, in a way, you know, their job is it's hard to get a political bias into their part of the government. It is just the nature of it. It's not really well, opinion that goes into it. It, it. Should it's precedence. Be hard. It should be hard, but they find a way sometimes. They do, and they find a way to drink beer. Lots of beer, because I like beer. Yep. And we drank beer. Well, (laughs) that means you put it up your ass with a funnel then, apparently. Maybe somebody did boof a beer, but I guarantee you it wasn't Blazy Ford. (laughs) Nope, nope, nobody wants to see that bitch boof a beer. But while we'll talk, we are talking about her, anybody know what her job for the CIA was? No, you don't? Okay. It was how to indoctrinate the masses, an entire group of people. Actually, I did know that, now that you mention it. Yeah. We're all living in one giant fucking CIA scheme. It's not the Matrix. It's all the CIA. There is no FBI. There is no Homeland Security. It's all CIA. And this is the fucking Matrix. J. Edgar Hoover is still alive. They got him hooked up to all kinds of hoses (laughs) like the fucking board queen. (laughs) And he's secret. He's the man behind the curtain, you know, like in The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Don't look behind. He's (laughs) He's secretly pulling all the strings. Oh, Jesus. How far in are we, Keith? We are one hour. I figured it was that much because I'm getting sick of listening to Nick fucking talk. (laughs) Yeah, we're now to a a mechanical J. Edgar Hoover. He's still in drag, though. (laughs) (laughs) Still in drag. The J now stands for Janet. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what 
For those of you who don't know, J. Edgar Hoover was the head of this country for about, what, 40 years? Yeah, pretty much. And he was a cross-dresser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he knew everything about you. Well, I want to say thank you all for listening. To this has been yeah. episode 11. Yeah, this has been an interesting episode with the oh Jesus, we're gonna get... volley. We're going to get shut down now. I was yep. talking about the Civil War. Okay. Yeah, we talked oh, about states' God. rights in the South, and I think I said the C word a couple times. Yeah, we're done. Motherfucker. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully, you can turn in, tune in next week when I say the C word some more and expose real racism and and the left. And I'll talk less about the Civil War. <laughs> thanks, folks. Have a great week. Later. Deuces, bitches.